Hey, Parkview, this is the video. Um, it kind of makes me feel like it's one of those last will and testament videos. Like if, if, you, if you get this video, if you're watching this, that means I'm dead. Because uh, this is the weekend after the convention. So in one way or another, I, I am dead and uh, taking some time off. And so I invited uh, the one guy that's coming this summer that already knows what I'm feeling right about now, my good friend, Ben Kacharis. He was the uh, president of the convention several years ago, actually, at the same venue in Indianapolis. And he's also one of the Stinklings, if you've heard me talk about the Stinklings. Everybody that's coming in this summer is one of my close friends, but two of these guys are a part of that close-knit group. So for a certain amount of money, and it's probably pretty large, you could get some deep, dark secrets from me. Um, with this guy this weekend. Ben Kacharis is one of my closest friends, and uh, I I'm happy that he could be here to preach for you. He's from Mountain Christian Church in Maryland, uh, a, a great church about our size in the Baltimore area, another tough area for you know evangelical Christianity, and they figured out how to do this. And so I've, I just want you to welcome my friend Ben. I just want you to make him feel at home. And, uh, and Ben, I want to say thank you for uh, always being there for me. Parkview, would you welcome my friend Ben Kacharis? Well, hello, Parkview. It's good to see everybody. Um, it's great to be here. Um, from Mountain Christian Church out in Maryland, if you're out our way, stop by. What you'll find there is a bunch of nut jobs about as whacked out as the Parkview people. We have an awesome fellowship between actually the two churches. I don't know if you know that uh, Mountain and Parkview, like for example, over in Africa, you hear people here talking about Africa all the time and the Joska. Well, we're, we, work, we partner with you guys in that work. It's, it's more than any of us could do on our own. And that's an example of the kind of thing that the friendship uh, has between the churches. Yep. I'm pretty tickled. We're actually, I'm from Minnesota originally, and I've lived in Maryland a long time now, but we're actually cruising through here, preaching. Minnesota? Who's Minnesota? Man, I love that girl. I love you, Minnesota girl. We're going up to vacation on Minnesota. I've got my family with me, and so 11 o'clockers, here they are, right? And my wife, Carla, and a couple, a couple of my kids, and my favorite two anyway, and my mother-in-law, and some other kid. I don't actually know who she is, but she's in the van riding with us for several months. But anyway, I just wanted to have you welcome them too, if you get a chance to see them afterwards. So there you go. Glad they're here. Um, so uh, you know where I was last week? I was in Indianapolis at the North American Christian Convention. So you've been hearing, and Dan mentioned it, how this church has been. You were the host church. Whether you knew it or not, whether you were there or not, you guys had an incredibly important role this last week. Thousands of people from all over the United States converged in Indianapolis for this amazing conference on remissioning the church and getting encouraged and built up to go out and do what God's called us to do. And President Tim Harlow and really his wife Denise who ran the whole thing and the, and the worship team from Parkview rocked it out of the park. And you just need to say, way to go. God did something great through you all. And you all are part of that. So that's really cool. You might be aware also, Tim, as part of that, was, was kind of taking some of the stuff that God's helping you all to do as a church and put it into a book. He's been working on it a long time. Most of the ideas he stole from me, but it's okay. I don't mind. And uh, put it in a book. It's called Life on Mission. And I want you to know the book is now available. Go grab it on Kindle, Amazon.com, Kindle. Um, and, and then uh, it's going to come out in hard copy a little bit later. But it's all about what's, what God's been doing here at Parkview and how it can be used in, in other places as well. 
So you've heard Tim probably talk about his, uh, his buddies and, and the Stinkling guys, and it's just a pleasure to, to do life uh, with Tim that way. Four of us have past, as pastors have just said, you know, we need to just stay in each other's lives and try to help each other through um, the good times, the, the tough times. Um, and I appreciate my relationship with those guys in that way. Um, uh, you know, just to be completely honest with you, I spend quite a bit more time, I think, trying to help Tim through his stuff than he does with, with me, but... <laughs> Part of that is he's just a whole lot more screwed up than I am, and um, that might be a reflection on you, actually, now that I think about it. Or it could be that he's so much older, he's had a lot more life baggage to pick up. I, I don't know which it might be one of those. But, you know, one of the things we do is we do play together, and uh, uh, we like to do some golfing. Um, you know, I give Tim lessons and stuff when we go out, but... Um, uh, we played in Arizona the one, this one time, beautiful course, and here's a picture of one of our other buddies, Eddie, Pastor Eddie, and that's, you can see what a beautiful course that was. That's where Eddie's ball landed. He's getting ready to hit into the green there. On that same hole, here's where Tim's ball landed, okay, right there. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So only Tim, right? So of course, now Tim isn't going to be normal. He's not going to take the ball and put it out and hit it how you're supposed to. Tim decides he's going to hit the ball out of the bush. Unfortunately for everybody, I got it on my film, uh, on my little iPhone. So here is Tim trying to hit the ball out of the bush. Here you go. Watch the screen. Oh, go in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) That's Tim for you, right? (laughs) Out of the bush into the sand. He never does anything in a, in a particular uh, normal way or predictable way. That's part of what has become part of the way, I think, that God has blessed Parkview. Um, you all are not normal or predictable, and I mean that in the best possible way. I want to just say, you know what? Yeah, you guys are like, I think that's good, right? Yeah, it is good. I, I just want to say, I do get the privilege of, of being able to travel some, and I'm in a lot of churches, and I talk to a lot of pastors, and I, and I see a lot of things. And I guess you probably know this, but I just want to make sure you do know this, that you all here at Parkview, you are extremely blessed. This is what God is doing here is very, very special. Not only with Tim and Denise and their amazing family and the staff that's been assembled here and you all, but just what God is doing here. Do you know you're very blessed and this place is an amazing church? Do you know that? Very, very unique. Very special. Can I give you a good word to just two words to take, take with you today? Number one, will you stay humble? Stay humble. Okay, God's doing something very amazing. Lord knows it ain't about you or Tim, okay? It isn't because of you, it's in spite of you. But stay humble so God keeps doing it. Uh, stay humble and just give all the glory and the praise and the credit to the Lord and what he wants to do. And then can I say something else? Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Because there's so much more to do. There's so many more people within your reach that need exactly what God is doing here at Parkview. So stay humble. Stay hungry, okay? One time I was staying with Tim, and uh, he's like on this exercise kick. We're going to go for a bike ride. Okay, great. We're going to go for a bike ride. Go out to the garage, and um, he grabs his bike and says, pick any bike you like. Well, he's only got girls in his house. There's a bunch of girl bikes over there. It's like, normally I have higher standards than that, but that day I kind of had to lower the bar. Uh, I can tell you guys are not used to sophisticated humor around here. Good grief. Anyway, I said, all those bikes look all worn out. And, and, and sure enough, they were all too tired. See, so you don't you guys. It's like, huh? You know, that's good. That's funny. I don't care who you are, but I don't know, if you don't appreciate it, that's your problem. I want to talk to you about bikes and wheels and spokes and hubs today. Um, 
and I, uh, to kind of get your mind in gear, I, I found some pictures of some very cool bikes that you might want to add to your uh, garage pile as well. Like, for example, here's a bike I want to take to Walmart with me the next time I go. This is the shop. Wouldn't that be an awesome bike to have? Excuse me, lady, move over, right? you know, coming down. I grew up in Minnesota. When I grew up, this is what bikes looked like pretty much um, in Minnesota, you know, the <laughs> saw a blade in the back, ski in the front. Uh, some people can't decide when they're going to go biking whether they want to get their exercise by biking or just putting their own, their own feet on the pavement. And this bike allows you to do both if you just look at that. If you're, um, if you're married, here's a bike that you might uh, in, in enjoy. <laughs> Where do you want to go to eat, honey? So. How many of you have ever done something kind of stupid on a bike before? Uh, something you probably shouldn't have done, a dare or something like that. If, you, you know, if you're a guy and, you're, and you've ridden the bike, your hand's probably up. Um, how many of you have ever done something as stupid as this guy? Take a look at this here. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I, I don't mean the guy riding the bike. I mean the idiot at the end of the line. I mean, how dumb do you got to be to be? He's like, I'll be number four. Yeah. <laughs> So we've all got stories. I, I, um, I actually, with the help of some people here, I asked the Parkview people to send in some stories and memories and fun things about bikes since we were going to be kind of using that as an illustration today. And boy, I got a lot of great stories. You might want to go to the Facebook page and check them out. I got people telling me about, I remember when they saved up to buy their first bike. I got people telling me stories about when um, they learned how to ride a bike, like they were all proud of that. And I thought, well... Any idiot can learn how to ride a bike. I mean, as, as this picture actually proves, I mean, you don't have to be anything, actually. Yeah, aw, uh, yeah. Hope you don't run over that little kitty. Uh, anyway, uh, I got people telling me about, um, oh, some, one guy wrote in and said, uh, remember when you used to take the, the playing cards and then put the clothespins on the spokes and it makes that, see, the young kids don't know this. They don't ride bikes. It's like, mom, drive me in the van to wherever. But we used to ride bikes and then you put the cards on the spokes and it'd be like, sound like a Harley. Remember that? How many did that? Remember that? See, that's awesome. Everyone, all the old people were like, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yep. I got people telling me about, uh, let's see, uh, well, you know what I noticed? There was a pattern in a lot of the, the, the stories that came in from Parkview. Was, they were mostly about crashes, actually. Um, uh, Steve bought a bike for his wife, um, tested, wanted to test it for her, rode on the driveway and crashed in his own driveway. And he said, my wife was laughing so hard she couldn't breathe. And uh, then Vivian was telling when she was 11, she was riding a bike down the street, not a soul around, wind blowing through her hair and bam, into a parked car. That's Vivian for you. Very embarrassed. She says, I couldn't tell anyone because I was bruised in places I couldn't speak of. And then... Um, Mike Tomano says he was riding on Chicago Lakefront and there were some rollerbladers coming toward him and then he, so he veered and they veered the same way and they both veered the same way we went back and forth and finally he ended up with his bike in the lake. That's a Parkview person for you, I guess. Katie Kahlo said that uh, back in 1964, she, her, her wheel fell off her bike, she fell off her bike, the guy behind her ran over her arm, broke her arm and the best part was she got to put it in a cast and I could hide vegetables in my sling at dinner time and I would ask to be excused and go flush them down the toilet. So there you go. That's, that's part of you for you. About the clumsiest bunch of people I've ever heard of. But despite all of our crashes and collisions and, and, and uh, you know, bang us with that, a lot of us just have these fond memories of, of bikes and a lot of people really love their bikes. Like this guy here. He really loves his bike. Apparently more than he loves his wife. Um, which, uh, which leads me to, to what we really are uh, talking about. We're not really talking about bikes so much. Is I, I, I want to talk to you about priorities in your life. Specifically about God and where God fits in exactly in your life. 
And, and so we're, we're going to use this thing about bikes and spokes and, and hubs. You know, spokes are those things that move from the hub. The hub is the center and the rim is the outside and the spokes are the thing that connect the two. And it transfers the torque and the, and the, lo- and the weight, weight of the load as you're riding and they're very, very important. They go way back like 2,000 years, you know, and you had them in war chariots and, and uh, you know, uh, farm implements and, 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 and then about 1870 we finally put spokes on wheels like we have today. But they're very, very important and, and, and the spokes have to be adjusted properly in a wheel or the wheel doesn't move uh, in true, we said. Everybody say true. That's what a wheel looks like when it doesn't wobble. If it's out of true, one of the spokes is not working right or whatever, then it just wobbles and you don't do very well in life. You know, with me, um, I just had my bike tuned up at a bike shop because I don't like to mess with all the spokes. But you know, you can't, if your life is a wheel, you can't exactly just take it into a bike shop and have someone fix it for you, right? If your life is like a wheel, you want your life in true. You want it to, you want it to move and, and spin in a way that, that uh, gets you where you hope to go. And you want your, your spokes to, to kind of be in proper balance. What the scriptures suggest to us is that there are really three kinds of wheels in life that you roll along on in life. Only three. You get to choose what kind of wheel you roll on. You get to choose that. But there are really only three. And that's really what I want to do with you this weekend at Parkview is just to get, uh, ask a super serious question about if your life is rolling along on one wheel or another, what wheel are you rolling on? That's what I, that's what I want to ask you. And I want to tell you about each of the three wheels, okay? First wheel, the first wheel that a person could ride on is, is, is basically what I would call a wheel without God. You're living your life in a way where, you know, God is not really a part of your life. Um, maybe it's because you're, you know, an atheist or an agnostic, or maybe you're just kind of busy with your life, and it's, he's just that, you're just rolling along, and God isn't really a part of your wheel at all. In relationship to God, you might say this person is a foreigner because there's not a close alliance there at all. If, you had a, some people ha- if they have a bumper sticker that would capture the first wheel, it would be Jesus Shmizes. You know, it's like, whatever. Doesn't, it's no irrelevant to me. It doesn't make any difference. Or I've decided that, that it won't. I, ha- I think of a specific friend a lot of times when I think about this kind of person. His name is John, and he's a good friend of mine. And, and he, um, he, he, he knows, you know, Ben, I know you're a Christian guy. He, says, he took me for a hike one day. And on the hike, he just explained to me, he says, I've just decided I don't have any room for God. I feel like it's a crutch. I don't need it. And I don't want it. I just felt like because of what you believe, I ought to tell you that. It, it reminded me so much of, of what the Bible talks about. Psalm 14 says that this is the person who says there is no God. Or a person in Psalm chapter 10, verse 4, that, that says, um, you know, they don't seek God. And in all their thoughts, there's no room for God. That was John. That was my buddy. And, and uh, you probably know some folk like that who say, like in verse 6, they say, nothing's going to shake me. That's what John was saying. Nothing's going to shake me. I'll always be happy. I'll never have trouble. If, if it's up to me, if it is to be, it's up to me. I'm just going to roll through my life that way. And, and by the way, I guess you probably know this, this is, uh, in American society, this is the fastest growing religious group right now. Do you know the fastest growing religious group is the nuns. You familiar with that? I don't mean like nuns like Catholic ladies that wear black and white. I mean like those who when asked, what's your religious affiliation? Check the box that says none. I don't have any. I'm rolling my life along without God. And maybe it's just that it hasn't become important, or maybe it's because you're philosophically opposed to it, but that's one of the wheels. And I just want to say, if that's who you are, if that's you, I know this church well enough to say with confidence that you're welcome here. 
Okay, this is a safe place for you to be. Okay, um, maybe God's not a part of your life, and okay. But this is a place where people seek truth and look for God and look for answers and invite you to come. Bring whatever you have, your doubts, your questions, whatever. This is a good and safe place for you to be. That's wheel one, though, okay? And that's one of the options. There's a second wheel. Let's talk about the second wheel. The second wheel is a person who says, whoa, 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 I believe in God. In fact, you know, Jesus is important to me. I want to make sure that he's one of the wheels, one of the spokes on my wheel. So that's the second wheel, is, is a wheel with God as one of the spokes of your life. This is a person who doesn't call God a foreigner, but a friend, okay? This is a person who, whose bumper sticker doesn't say, Jesus Mises, it doesn't say, Jesus, it says, Jesus is my friend. You know, you have a relationship there that, that, that means something to you. Um, and so th- think about um, your life as a wheel, and imagine then that the spokes are the important components that make up your life, Okay? So what are, the, what are the spokes in the wheel of your life? And you can almost picture it. I'm going to amaze you now with my great, great drawing, but because um, I'm, I'm an amazing artist. All right, here we go. That's the wheel. Okay, I'm going to draw the hub right there. And so you can just kind of picture how there are different parts of our life that make up the spokes that are important uh, to our lives. And so, for example, here's a spoke that, that probably everybody has Oh, um, I can't spell. Let's see. That's the spoke of family. And it takes up a huge part of our life. It's important to us. If you're married, your relationship with your spouse, if you've got children, if you live at home with your parents, your folks are spokes. Okay? So we've got, we've got all these relationships and, and this web of family and so forth. So that's a big spoke on your life, isn't it? Can you think of other spokes that make up your life? How about this one? How about Friends. If you looked at my daughter's phone right now, you'd see that in the last 24 hours, there's about 9 million text messages because friends are important, not just to her, but to everybody. Friends and social network, and that's something, if, if, that, if that spoke is missing or out of balance, it can kind of mess with your whole life. Friends can lead you in all kinds of places in the wheel of your life, can't they? Spokes, that one's important. How about this one? I'm going to put work. So your occupation, your, your vocation, what occupies so much of your time in your life, it provides income, and, and it's a part of our identity in life. You know, if you say to someone at a party, hey, what's your name? And then what's the next question we always say? What do you do? We're talking about this big, important spoke in our world. Some of you are students, so I would just put school. That's a big spoke, and right now that's a huge deal in your life. What about this, what about this spoke right here? I'll just put a dollar sign to represent finances, all the things that come into our, uh, our budget and out uh, of our expense account and so forth. So money's a, a big, big deal, and we spend a lot of time worrying about it and trying to get it and spend it, right, and all that. How about this one? Fun. You know, recreation, rest, vacation. Maybe some of you are hoping to get some of that this summer, right? Uh, I, was, I was talking about uh, going downtown today, and someone said, don't go. It's the last day of taste, so we're not going. But, uh, but fun is an important one there. How about, how about this one? Health, your body. If this spoke is out of whack, you know, your, your wheel won't go very far. It'll wobble, right, if you're not paying attention to these kind of things. What are the other spokes for you? Huh? Oh, okay, yeah. All right, well, someone said time. Here's what the second wheel is. The second wheel is saying, there's a lot of important things in my life, and I want to make sure, I want to make sure that church and God are part of that. And so we make sure that we just write God as one of my spokes. 
And that's the second wheel because I want to make sure I have that spiritual component, especially where the rubber hits the road. If I go through a pothole in life, I want to make sure that that God spoke's rolling around every so often in my life. God's important to me. Okay? So that's wheel one is the wheel without God. Wheel two is the wheel where God is one of the spokes. Let's talk about the third wheel for a minute. And if I can just shoot straight with you, cut right to the chase. This is the wheel that God is hoping you'll choose. And the third wheel is not a wheel where God is a foreigner, but he's also more than a friend. This is the wheel where God is the hub. Right there in the center. The wheel with God at the hub. He's not a foreigner, but he's more than a friend. You're, you're a follower. Where when Jesus is at the hub of your wheel, you're, you're rolling in a way wherever he says to roll. When we talk about the bumper sticker, it wouldn't be Jesus schmeezes, it wouldn't be Jesus is my friend, it would be that ancient but still really relevant to you and me phrase, Jesus is Lord. Words that everyone is invited by Jesus himself to say. You're invited to say those words. Jesus is Lord. It means Jesus is my Lord. That's what it means to have Jesus at the hub, the very center of your life. And you see, so all the other spokes, they all connect down here when Jesus is Lord. And if you have spokes that there's no way they can connect to Jesus, then this wheel is a person who says, and i got to get rid of those spokes. But all the other important things in my life, they connect here, and then Jesus begins to inform each one of these spokes about the way that I'm going to keep those in balance in my life. Jesus is Lord. is a way of saying, man, he's, he's got my deepest affection. He's the, it's the, Lord means he's the boss of me. He's my leader. Where he rolls this wheel of my life, I will go. I have decided to follow Jesus so you've got a lot of spokes in your life. I do too. You've got all these probably and maybe some more. You've got a lot of spokes in your life. Here's, what, here's the message today. Jesus doesn't want to be one of them. He wants to be the hub where everything that's important to you connects and finds its grounding and where he informs and leads everything that we do. Yeah, have a family. Have friends, have work. You know, all this stuff is still there, but don't forget what Jesus said, Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added to you. Your life will roll along better that way. Like, Mark, like he says in Mark, what good does it profit a person to gain the whole world if you lose your soul? You're going to roll up into the presence of your judge and creator, the one who made you and loves you so much one day. And what good does it do to roll in there with all these impressive spokes if Jesus isn't the hub so you will just roll into a Christless eternity? So it matters what kind of wheel we choose now. It matters a lot. So let me take you, let me take you for a little tour. Get on your bike and follow me into Luke chapter 9, Okay. Uh, if you've got a Bible, uh, open it up or follow it along the screen or get your uh, little iPhone out or whatever you do to read your Bible. This is a bunch of guys who come up to Jesus and, and they, they're like, you know what, Jesus, I want you in my life. I, I, I want to follow you. And uh, Jesus is like he sniffs out that there's maybe some lack of clarity, that they're not fully grasping what they're really saying. 
And so Jesus asks some, he tells some clarifying statements here to almost say, do you mean by that that when you say you want to follow me, do you mean you want me as one of your spokes? Or do you really want me as the hub? So let Jesus be asking you that question as we listen in here, okay? As they're walking along, this is verse 57 of Luke chapter 9. Someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. I've said that to Jesus myself. Have you, anyone else said that? I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied something very interesting. He said, you know, foxes have dens to live in. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head down. It's an interesting answer, isn't it? You sure you want to follow me? You ready to be homeless? If that's what it meant? And you think about how much we love our homes. I was in Indianapolis last week. It was a number of times we were walking by those guys and you never know what to do. They got the cardboard signs and you, they're probably homeless and it kind of wrecks you. But one of the impacts it had on me was it made me really grateful for my home, that I'm not homeless. Because our homes for us are like places of safety, aren't they? And security and warmth and a haven. And Jesus says, think about that. Would you be willing to give all that up if that's what it took to follow me? So he's helping us see priorities, isn't he? About how important he might be to us. The second man comes up to Jesus, verse 59. Jesus says to him, hey, come and follow me. You follow me. And the man says, he agreed. But then he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. And Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Now, I don't like Jesus very much at that moment because it seems like the guy's asking if he can go to his dad's funeral. And Jesus is like, you know, not, not, not granting that right away. You see the sense of priority and commitment that Jesus is trying to clarify here for us. What's your highest loyalty? What seems like a no-brainer? Well, that, that's non-negotiable. I got to do that in my life. And Jesus says, am I, am I in that list? There was a young man who, who was new to the Navy, and he asked his superior officer for uh, you know, a, a pass so he could go to a wedding over the weekend. And his officer granted the pass, but he said, I want you back here Saturday night by 7 p.m. And the young man said, but you don't understand. I, I'm in the wedding and his superior shot back, no, you don't understand. You're in the Navy. I think that's what Jesus is doing here. Jesus, I want to follow you. Are you sure you understand? Verse 61, another said, yes, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first say goodbye to my family. And Jesus told him, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus, my family spoke is really important to me. I mean, I think about how much a, a, a husband would take a bullet for his wife or, you know, how much you love your kid. I was, my, my son, I don't think it mind me telling me, he went to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip with our church and we were supposed to write these letters to, to him and I found myself at the keyboard uh, that he would read, that he was going to read this letter on the trip and I found myself at the keyboard just weeping over the keyboard because I just wanted to tell him what I felt, you know, and I, I found myself saying, I, I love you sometimes so much that it hurts. Can anyone relate to that? Jesus wants to know, do you love me like that? Do you love me like that? Above our home and our loyalties and even the affection we would have for our deepest human relationships, Jesus says, that's where I want to come in. I don't want to come in as a side salad 
you know, on the buffet of your life. I don't want to be one of the spokes of the many things that you've got to keep in balance. I don't want to be one of the things that rotates around every seven days and you see that spoke called church roll in and roll out of your life. I want to be the hub. I want to be the very center of everything you do so that all the spokes of your life will take their, their, their beauty and their strength and their influence from me. Let me help you know how to be married. Let me help you with how to raise your kids. Let me show you when I'm your hub what kind of friendships you can get into and, and how you can transform them to bring glory to God. Let me show you as you roll through your life that it's more than just going to work and getting money. Let me show you that if you're in school right now, I want that to be your ministry and it's going to prepare you for what God's got for you. Let me show you how your money is a gift in order for you to bless other people. Let me show you how fun and health and time and all of this, I don't want to be your spoke. I want to be the hub. That's what we're called to. That's what it means to say Jesus is Lord. You know, we don't, we don't put Jesus as the hub out of obligation because that's what you're supposed to do. We do it because as Romans 12 says, in light of all these mercies, in light of all this love that God has already shown to you, God's given his life for you. He's saying, will you give it back? Because otherwise you're just going to roll around on a, a different kind of wheel without God or a wheel where you think I'm one of your spokes, but you're going to miss out on all the good stuff. You're going to really miss out. A place that that gets brought out to mind and really clear is just real quick in Matthew 26. In Matthew 26, we see all three spokes wheels kind of lived out by different people. In verses 3 and 4, there's some people called the chief priests and the scribes, and they represent wheel one without God because it actually says they were plotting to kill Jesus, okay? There are people like that. They're like, you know, I just want to, I just don't, I'm an enemy of God. I'm living at odds with God. I'm, I'm far from God. I, I'm not on track with him, uh, and that's, that's where they were. The second group is the disciples. They were, they were wheel two people because they considered themselves disciples. They were in proximity to Jesus all the time. But they didn't necessarily get fully on board with him. And it was exposed that way when this woman shows up at a party they're at. So they're at this party. And this woman is so overwhelmed with all the mercies that God has shown to her. And how he's turned her life around. Rescued her and saved her. And she just, she does this unbelievable thing. She takes this very expensive jar of perfume. Breaks it open. And in an act of lavish adoration, pours it all over Jesus as a symbol of worship and affection and as a symbol of pouring out her own life and preparing him for his death. She didn't care what anybody thinks. She didn't care what she looks like. She didn't care about any of that. She just knows she's got to just love Jesus like crazy like that. And it's a beautiful moment until the disciples see it. And the disciples are like, okay, wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second here. You don't have to get all carried away. We, and it's not like we don't love Jesus too. You know, we're hanging on with him all the time. You know, we're in church every Sunday for crying out loud. You had to go pull the holy roller thing and break the perfume. Well, you know, we, you know, we could have used that to start a benevolence ministry. We could have used the money for that. See, there's a lot of people like that. They want to be considered a disciple and a follower because they're kind of around Jesus a lot of times, but they don't really want to get that carried away. They don't really want, you know, I, don't, I want to come into the worship service, but I don't really want the sermon to convict me at a depth level so it actually changes my life. I want to roll out of here the way I rolled in. I, don't, I want to worship. I like the songs. I laugh at the jokes, but I don't really want to just let God break me and, and, and sing 
from the depths of my heart because I just love God and I want to break the ointment and pour it all over Jesus in that moment. And see, the problem is that, that when we get all sophisticated and kind of convinced that second wheel living or first wheel living is the best, we got to remember that Jesus loves it when we get carried away from him. He loved what that woman did and he said to the disciples, she gets it more than you get it. The fact that you're hanging around me isn't what I'm after. I'm after someone who's willing to make me the hub of their life because they know of the mercies I've poured out to them. Jesus doesn't want to be one of your spokes. He wants to be the hub. And when you make him your hub, you just begin to surrender each spoke one at a time. You say, Lord Jesus, I surrender the spoke of my family to you. Is there some part of your family, your marriage, that you haven't surrendered to the Lord Jesus? Let, that, let, let him bring that into proper tension so your, your life will stop wobbling. Surrender your marriage, your raising of kids, and your friendships. What spoke is it for you that you need to surrender to the Lord Jesus? And let him become the hub because when you do everything gets better your family is better when Jesus is Lord does anybody know that to be a fact huh it's true isn't it your school will go better if you let Jesus be the Lord of your school instead of trying to live like you know they're two separate things the, your, your finances your sex life your time everything in your life will be better when Jesus is Lord so surrender it all so there's three wheels there's just three. The person who says, I don't really, I'm not really got room for God. I'm rolling on my life. If it is to be, it's up to me. It's, you know, I'm just going to deal with stuff as it comes. And it's kind of a lonely and scary way to live, but a lot of people are rolling that way. Others say, well, I want a little God, a little religion, a little church stuff in my life. And so they roll along and they got God as one of their spokes. And there's that third wheel where you say with Jesus in Matthew 26, I want whatever you want, God. You live it like that woman and you just thank him for his mercies in your life and you put him at the center. So my question for you is simple. What wheel do you want to ride on? What wheel do you want to be the wheel of your life? What wheel do you think you're riding on right now? You know, if we were going to pick a, a song that kind of epitomizes each of the wheels. I got to think, what, what, would be, what, would be, what would be maybe the song? You know, how about, how about this? The song for wheel one, a wheel without God. What, maybe Frank Sinatra. What song am I thinking of? I did it my way. Right. You know, just, I did it my way. And that's what I did. It's all about, it's about me and I got through my life and I did it my way and that's a wheel without God. Wheel two living might be epitomized by a song, probably a bunch of you hicks. You're hicks around here. You probably know it. It's a country hit, Blake Shelton. The boys around here, how many know that song? You're not too embarrassed to admit it. It's a, it's a song Tim would like. It's a bunch, a bunch of rednecks down south. But they work real hard to get their hands real dirty so they can get paid, so they can go buy a truck, so they can get a girl, so they can take her down to the river and kiss her. It's pretty much the extent of their life. And the words are great. Drinking that ice, cold beer, talking about girls, talking about trucks, running them red dirt roads and kicking up dust. The boys round here, and it's got a great line in here, uh, sending up a prayer to the man upstairs. 
Kind of, you know, I, I, we do all this stuff, but we, along the way, we don't forget, don't forget the good Lord, you know, throw up a prayer to the man upstairs, but pretty much my life's about trucks and girls and beer. <laughs> it's a lot deeper than it, than it sounds. That song ends, by the way, we're backwoods, legit, we don't take no lip, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. <laughs> so it's a, lot, it's a lot deeper than it sounds if you just kind of probe it, you know, you play it backwards to get the real message. But... Uh, there's lots of songs that, that, that uh, would probably uh, epitomize that third wheel living. I think of one my mama used to sing. I can still hear her singing it around the house. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, and my all. He's my strength from day to day. I love, I love that song. I invite you to make your life a song that would proclaim Jesus is Lord and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. I'm going to give you opportunity now as we close this part of the worship service to declare where you are with God. We're going to give you some words to sing and to say and to read. You may not know the song, but let it be your song and say, Jesus is enough for me. I want to put you at the hub. Surrender my spokes one at a time to the Lord. Can I ask you to stand right now? We're going to ask the band to come out. And as they come, get ready to lead us. Can I just say, if you're trying your best to live a third wheel kind of life, can I just ask you, re recommit yourself today. Just give yourself completely to Jesus today. Whatever spoke is not fully surrendered, give it to him. And you just do your best to lead us all as you roll your life by living lavishly for God. And if you're living a, a wheel to life You've had some God in. You've invited him in, but you're kind of still playing. This is one of the spokes, but not the hub. This is your moment. You know, surrender whatever spokes are not fully surrendered to Jesus and make him the hub. And if you're, if you're rolling on wheel one right now, God's not really in your life. You've never officially invited Jesus into the center of your heart, your hub. This could be your moment. Maybe that voice you hear is God. And you got nothing to lose, my friend. Maybe you're here for a reason right now. As we sing, you make this your prayer. Will you do that? Let me pray for you. God, bless these people and all of us now as we offer our lives to you and say to you, you are our Lord, you are enough, and we have decided to follow you. We ask you to bless the decisions that are made in these moments. In the name of Jesus, our Lord.